This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ, Corpus Christi. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses said to the people, Remember how for 40 years now the Lord your God has directed all your journeying in the desert so as to test you by affliction and find out whether or not it was your intention to keep his commandments. He therefore let you be afflicted with hunger and then fed you with manna, a food unknown to you and your fathers, in order to show you that not by bread alone does one live, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of the Lord. Do not forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that place of slavery, who guided you through the vast and terrible desert with its seraph serpents and scorpions, its parched and waterless ground, who brought forth water for you from the flinty rock and fed you in the desert with manna, a food unknown to your fathers. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. Praise the Lord Jerusalem. Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. Glorify the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. He has granted peace in your borders. With the best of wheat he fills you. He sends forth his command to the earth. Swiftly runs his word. Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. He has proclaimed his word to Jacob his statutes, and his ordinances to Israel. For he has not done this for any other nation. His ordinances he has not made known to them. Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because the loaf of bread is one, we, though many, are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Sequence Laud, O Zion, your salvation. Laud with hymns of exultation. Christ your King and Shepherd true. Bring him all the praise you know. He is more than you bestow. Never can you reach his due. Special theme for glad thanksgiving is the quickening and the living, bread today before you set. From his hands of old partaken, as we know by faith unshaken, where the twelve at supper met. Full and clear ring out your chanting, joy nor sweetest grace be wanting, from your heart let praises burst. For today the feast is holden when the institution olden of that supper was rehearsed. Amen. Alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Jesus said to the Jewish crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, on this Sunday, we have the culmination of four weeks of incredible feasts. We had the Ascension, then Pentecost, the Most Holy Trinity, and today, Corpus Christi, the celebration of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ. We are called to believe in the real and substantial presence of Christ in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Absolutely, yeah. We got some great readings too. So this first reading is a reading from Deuteronomy and Moses is reminding the Israelites how God brought them through trials and tribulations and he explains that God allowed them to undergo testing and trials in the desert to find out whether or not it was their intention to keep his commandments. And God does this for all his people. He brings us through our trials. He doesn't cast afflictions at us and leave us on our own to sink or swim. He journeys with us, nourishing us, helping us and guiding us, bringing us to a place that we need to make a decision. Whether we will allow him to be part of our lives or whether we will turn away. You know, for some, the desert could be a period of time in which we're homeless or unemployed or maybe undergoing you know, some serious illness, or the desert could be a troubled marriage or an incorrigible child. But just as with the Israelites, God will allow us to wander in our desert for as long as it takes to transform our hearts, to surrender our wills to him, and he can then bring us into the promised land. God wants to bring us out of the desert, but sadly, there will be a great number of people who will never make it out because they will continue to reject God and die in their sin. But we have a big advantage over the Israelites also. And rather than depending on manna for nourishment, Jesus feeds us with his very own body and blood. And those who are properly disposed and receive the Eucharist participate in the life of the Trinity and they share in the hope for eternal life. Yeah, and certainly some of the deserts that we wander in, they certainly are ones that are very real, maybe some that we didn't certainly ask for. But I think a lot of times in our in our age today, the godless age that we have today, people choose, maybe unknowingly, but they choose to go wander in the desert. Uh, think about us living today in this age of consumerism, of godlessness. You know, we look to satisfy our appetites with actually without looking for God. Yet, let me just feed myself. Let me feed myself with 
the latest phone or the best car or a larger house or some vacation. I want to try and just ingest something to satisfy this appetite. Uh, think about a sugar addict. And I just want more sugar, but right. there's empty calories. Exactly. <laughs> so it reminds me of this uh, quote from the prophet Amos. This is actually out of chapter eight. It says, there's a famine on earth, not a famine of bread nor a thirst of water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. I think so many people don't even know they're starving. And hopefully, again, this show, this radio station can bring that manna, that sustenance, that beauty of Christ to make sure that people know that they have that person to walk with them. They don't even know they're in a desert. No, that's true. They don't. Why, why am I hot? Why am I right. thirsty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I'm in a desert. Right. <laughs> but remember this, this uh, first reading ends, do not forget all of the good things that the Lord brought. We, we as a people tend to forget very quickly, but I want to ask people as they reflect on this commentary today, Go back and look at and remember how God brought you through your difficult times. Think about some of those times. Oh, yeah, you know what, God, maybe I didn't know it at the time, but God did bring me through a very difficult situation. He was with me and God will continue to do so as long as you ask him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good point, Kevin. Well, in the second reading, we have 1 Corinthians 10 verse 16, but what I'm going to do is actually back us up to verse 14, because again, we're talking about the real and substantial presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Well, what he says in verse 14 is this, therefore, my beloved, shun the worship of idols. And then he goes into this reading. Right. And that, that, that's right. Because this part of the letter, St. Paul is addressing an issue that was happening with the Corinthians and um, they were this or this letter to the Corinthians, I should say, with the Christians, they were beginning to, you know, eat some of the food that was used in idol worship. It would be sold afterwards in the marketplace, you know, probably for considerably less than, than other foods. And St. Paul was, you know, ca- calling them to pay attention to what it is they're doing, because that can lead to other areas. Well, if we're going to compromise here, what about compromising in this, you know, in, in other areas that are questionable morality? And in this passage, he makes the point about Christians partaking of the Eucharist, and it is a participation in the life of Christ, and that this life-giving Eucharist brings the mystical body of Christ into holy communion with each other and with the Lord. So, um, it, it it isn't it isn't just you know going through a process, right? Yes. Or it isn't just just a yeah. Um, sadly, the truth about the Eucharist is lost to many who profess to be Catholics. And that's what I'm talking about, how they're just going through the motions, right? In fact, Pew studies show that less than uh, a third of all Catholics actually believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why Paul talked about the rhetorical questions at the beginning, right? Shun idol worship, but the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? He wouldn't have said, shun idol worship, and then talk about bread idol worship or wine idol worship. This is indeed Christ in the presence of oh, yeah. transubstantiated from bread There was no wine. doubt about his yeah. belief. There right? indeed is, there's one bread, there's one Christ, and of course, there is one church. And really to follow that up, a very powerful gospel here in John 6, of course, the... Uh, how he starts here, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Listen through some of this. He says, the bread that I will give, and then goes on his discourse. Well, this started a quarrel among the people, 
because they could not understand how Jesus could give them his flesh and blood to eat. Now, this is very interesting. In John 6, verse 54, the word that Christ used here was called trogo. It's Greek, meaning a verb meaning to chew or gnaw. This was a very direct statement that he was saying. And of course, he was speaking about his body being given to us in a non-bloody manner, bread and wine being spiritually transubstantiated into his body and blood. Now, this is, of course, the only time that his followers left him for doctrinal reasons. And this is also the beginning of Judas's fall. And so that's why it's so sad to hear about only, say, 30% or whatever you mentioned there mm-hmm. about really believe in, this, in, this, in the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist. This is where if you fall away from that, that's that fall into idolatry. That's the fall into a paganistic society, how important it is for us to truly believe this. Of course, I think Peter's acclamation is the best. I may not understand this, Lord, but to whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. Well, yeah. In fact, if Jesus had thought that they misunderstood what he said, he certainly wouldn't have corrected. Oh, he would have. He would have corrected the misunderstanding, right? But instead, what did he say? He says, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within me. So he repeats himself. Yes. He doesn't go, wait a minute, you guys, you misunderstood. <laughs> or he doesn't reword it. Yeah. yeah. And when he did this, he made it so very clear that the doctrine of the real presence in the Eucharist isn't just a misunderstanding. It's not something just left up to personal interpretation. Jesus said what he meant, and he meant what he said. Yeah, actually, really, to, to kind of hit on that for a second... With the proper authority, words change reality. So say, for example, we have Pat Ryan come in, our, our favorite general manager of the station, <laughs> and he comes in, he saunters in and says, hey, Kevin, you're under arrest. Well, I'd say, like, yeah, yeah, you're joking. That was funny. Yeah, whatever. But if a police officer comes in and says, hey, Kevin, you're under arrest, well, that's a whole different story. My reality just changed. <laughs> right. Right. And it's like you said, it's, it's based on authority of who's saying it. Exactly. So when God said, let there be light, it was not some suggestion. He said it and it was. If you stand before the altar and you say your marriage vows and the priest says, I pronounce you husband and wife, whether you like it or not, you're married. So the same was with the Eucharist. The priest does not use his own words. The priest uses Christ's words and it is. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.